Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream. He talks Star Wars yearly, and tonight I think it's a very gay reading based on our little pre-talk earlier. I am your host, Brian. With me, as always, are my much, much better hosts. That's Big Candy Char, Loving Queen Emma. Hi. Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch. Hello. And Bob Bitch Chase. Hi. Oh, the fans are out already. I told you. <laughs> it's going to be real sassy up in here this evening. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's drink up. Tom's boyfriend Jason is here pre-gaming. Have fun at the bar tonight. You should go. um, If it's a really super straight place, you should just ask them to uh, air this on the bar. Right, exactly. (laughs) I have a request, please. Can you have Uh, Hello, Hope. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Hope, our fabulous and wonderful moderator. Hello, Hope. We're here for you. Everyone send Hope a lot of love. For this movie, there's a lot of stuff to catch. Hope and we love her dearly, and send all of your love and all your energy and all the big hugs that you can. Hello, Casty. Hello, kitten. Hello, Buck. Buck, our winner <laughs> of Cobb Vance with the sexy, sexy hair. So say congrats to Buck. Also, Star Wars trivia winner. Yes. For, uh, Rogue One and Solo on Radio Rebellion Pod. Check that episode out. It was a good deal of fun. We had lots of friends in there. Hello, Paul. Uh, make sure you go ahead and check the Twitter thread because Paul is already very feisty and it's been a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Danny. Love you, Danny. Hello, Gay for Play, my favorite YouTube name ever. Hello, Molly. Hello, Lana. Oh, Al. Hello, hello, hello. Friends, how was your week? Emma, how's it been for you? Oh, exhausting. I was very, very tired today. So we'll see how I do for the show today. We'll see. <laughs> see how much I have to continue. Oh. Well, Silas, have any- I'll have things to continue. Don't worry. Um, no, Silas has been home all week because it's March break, so he hasn't been going to school. So every day he asks to go to school, and every day the best we can do is, like, take him on a metro ride and go buy some margarine or whatever we have to do that day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, our kids officially started spring break today because they only go to school Monday to Thursday anyways. Interesting. Um, they're all very disappointed that, um... I'm working, and what I said to Tom, I got, I'm very used to saying this because I say it at least once a week, but Tom was like, it's spring break next week. You know what I said? 
Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with the boys. <laughs> Mark, how was your week? Oh, it was it was busy. It was busy and hectic, but you know, here we are. I'm here? very glad. Yeah, I went to see yeah. Cannons last night in Santa Cruz. Like that was fabulous, and they had an opening band with a. I, I want to say they were non-binary. The lead. Um, and they were fabulous too. I, I forgot their name though, but they were fantastic. It was, it was a great night. We had, I hadn't been to Santa Cruz in a while and I just, it was just a lot of fun all around. So my partner David and I had a really good time. We needed to get away because like I said, it, it had already been a week by Wednesday for the both of us. And so yesterday was a nice treat. We got to get away and enjoy ourselves. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Hello, Lucy and hello, Silver. Um, I like silver here. Steam room. Let's get hot and heavy. All I right. hope all of you put lots of uh product in your hair, and let's keep that those that feathered Kylo look going even in the steam room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he looks the hottest. Oh yeah, he is. Yes, 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 yes. Chase, how was your week, my friend? Sweaty on Starkiller Base at the end, though. But otherwise, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, my week was fine. It was very trying. Um, but I just downed a bunch of Domino's pizza, so I'm not responsible Yum. for the sounds that come out of me. Yeah, I hope how we have to cope. <laughs> I had Korean fried chicken for dinner. It was delicious. All right. Oh, that sounds so cool. good. Cool. I, I, I pre-snacked. So I'll be having dinner a little later, but I did have some curry couscous from a local place that I absolutely love. So that was a nice Ooh. little snack. <laughs> um, I'm being real classy tonight, and my dinner is this Bud Light seltzer sour. Well, that's good too. Well, yeah, my I'm, I'm having this little beer here that has very little shade and symbols on it. You had like all this yeah. like microbrewery wonderful goodness, and I got there's my Budweiser. <laughs> You're so good. I gotta maintain my I'm the ba- most basic person on the show, so I'll just keep this up. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, um, y'all, I am way more excited to talk about this movie than I thought it was going to be. I watched mm. it two times this week. I had to. I watched it, and then I watched it this afternoon after work. Nice. I watched it again. So I'm and gonna how, just start. Did you get bored or no? <laughs> no, I think it's Good. my favorite of the sequel trilogy. I think it's Good. my favorite. Okay. <laughs> so, Paul, I don't know if you were expecting that. But I gotta say, it's does it's not, you know, flaw free, but it's a great deal of fun. <laughs> so I want to ask each of you a question, Emma. Let me start with you, because this question almost doesn't fully apply to Chase. So I'm going to see how Chase answers this. What were you expecting? Think back to like 2013, 2014, when we knew there was a new Star Wars coming. After years of saying no, there was going to be no Star Wars. Do you remember what you were expecting out of this movie? Um, what was I expecting? Um, okay, so I yeah, okay, so I was expecting a lot of adventure, like a lot of action and adventure, and um, well, like. Are we taking into account the stuff that we knew before it was released, or...? Sure, if you knew anything, because I knew nothing. Well, like, I watched the trailers. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? So we knew that there were people of color in it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, yeah, no, I loved like the possibility of having a Star Wars movie with a more diverse cast. But yeah, like I said, I knew it was going to be more action adventure because I knew that they were going to learn the lessons of the prequels, of the public's reaction to the prequels, I should say. But after our conversation, was it last week? That he didn't know, right? That wasn't that last Friday? Yeah. Like, I have a confession to make. Were you still anti prequel at that time? I was. Okay. So you were like, thank God we're not going there. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was like, they're gonna they learn their lessons, and now we're gonna I'm gonna get like a blockbuster movie, and it's, they're gonna try and fit the same mold as like the other popular movies that were coming out around that time. Because you know, like Marvel had already started their project by then, and you know, so I love that. Okay, I'm here for that. Um, I'm also here for the steam room that is already very steamy. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm just I gonna ignore Buck for the rest of my life. Cause... No, no, no! Don't take. Um, Kylo looks like a greasy potato through the whole trilogy. Yes. <laughs> and that's why and Buck I and I are moldy. divorced. And that's why Buck and I are divorced. <laughs> you know, I love it. <laughs> this is my advice. Sometimes when you've been with a someone for a very long time we grow and change we're ever evolving sometimes our chase taste change be confident in the relationship that you built for all those years before allow a door to open sometimes it brings people closer together just open the door What's kind of like, this, this is like, like what we used to do at the bathhouses. Are oh, you saying that this is going to be like an Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton situation? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or to Mark's case, where you can also leave the door open and invite as many people to watch as you want. In this case, we'll call the movie Who's Afraid of Vagina Wolf. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, Molly was so excited to see Star Wars on the big screen again. I agree. Like, I think I've said this before. I knew I would find my person and I'd be with them forever. I knew it was going to happen for me. I knew it would happen early on. That's what I wanted. That was what I wanted. And I found Tom, and I was so excited to be able to see a Star Wars with him. Because we did see the Clone Wars movie, but that was not, like, as much as I love the Clone Wars movie, it's not, like, a Star Wars movie on the big screen. And I was like, oh my god, I get to have this. And Great, and I don't think he had. I think that was the first time he had ever seen a movie more than once, and the first time he went to see a movie on Christmas Day. He couldn't believe he was going to a movie on Christmas Day. <laughs> really? Okay, Mark. What about you? What were your thoughts on this movie before before heading out? So let I will say this: um, the hype leading up to this film is like I hadn't seen in ages. I think it even surpasses what we felt when we were going into the special editions and before the prequels. It was very palpable. I mean, it's like there were more people on board I think this time than there had been those times before. It was insane. Um, just the, the push that like Comic-Cons, like everything had, you know, the trailers being out. Um, seeing the trailer for this, the second one, the big one, with everybody at Celebration was just like something else, right? I will never forget that. Um, 
so that's what I, I love the most about leading into the movie itself was just the, the campaign, how they rolled it out. They got everybody excited. It seemed like everybody was just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, you know? Um, and, and leading up to that, that year itself had been really hard for me and my family because we had lost a lot of prominent family members really early on. And so for me and my mom, who I always go to see the movies when they open, because it's just a tradition at this point, it was just the release of all that had happened earlier in the year. And so we were very emotional while watching this film. Um, which I'll bring up because there were certain parts that just like absolutely just killed me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah. I loved it. That that's all part of that experience. I mean, so it was just a big build up and then that big release. For better or for worse, we were all watching Star Wars together again. And hey, who can say no to that? Um, it was a really successful movie, so I don't think a lot of people did. Cassie here <laughs> says Oh yeah, with practically salivate, salivating, waiting for the movie. Took the whole day off, got a haircut. Hashtag look good, feel good, play good. I'm here with that. Mm-hmm. I'm too cheap to get enough haircuts, but whatever. Um, cause Mark, also you were, like you were pretty big into Legends, right? Did you carry that with you into this movie or were you well, as Good far as like some go. of the books before this, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I'd read some of the books here and there and everything, but it didn't really have any weight on what was this movie because we were kind of tearing away from all that. This was mm-hmm. a fresh new start. And so yeah. I was very open to that. I mean, already we had seen some of the designs, you know, whether it be the Stormtroopers, other things, BB-8 by that point, the new characters. So we had something new to look forward to, you know? Um, so again, it's just the way that the campaign before this came out was just, it was excellent. I mean, yep. really, it's, it was like such a great hype machine. Even the toys and everything came out like on time and everything back then, you know, don't have that anymore, but, <laughs> but, but it was great. It just, it made everybody feel like a kid again. And that's what ultimately succeeded. So, mm. Hundred percent. I love Al here. When Star Wars fans are excited, it's intoxicating. Ah, uh, like legit, legit. It is the biggest high in the world when we're all like riding a wave together. Mm-hmm. I love what Jason says here. I was so hyped for TFA. I saw it in January 2016 for my birthday. The day I got back. From the <laughs> Thank you for your service, my friend. Indeed. Um, and what a, what a reward. And Chaco. Hi, Chaco. I'm so glad you made hey. a live a live show at the beginning. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Everyone, please follow. Well, if you're on TikTok, you probably follow Chaco already. Because yes. Because you do. And uh, also, watch his YouTube channel. Because it's fantastic. Um, Chase, how about you? So you were kind of not... This didn't exactly bring you back into Star Wars because you didn't see them until streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did yeah. like what what was your experience with Star with like the release of Star Wars? Because you of course knew about it. You could not yes. know that Star Wars Star Wars. What was that like? Um, it was fine. Like I think I was I was like kinda I went to school like twenty minutes from Disneyland, so it was very much around, like, you know, I so I knew it was all happening and I was happy for everyone. I don't know. I, I mean, this is like when my nerd switch was still pretty turned off. So, it, it, you know, this is even before I got back, before I got into Marvel. So this, I mean, I was probably freshly out and only cared about wearing exclusively black and white 
and making out with as many people as I could. <laughs> it's a very yes. strange time. I want to hear all about this case later. <laughs> oh my God, I was such a mess. But um, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, well, I don't know. It was I was happy for everyone, and um, yeah. when I when it came to actually watch it, I, I watched it. You know, a part of a, a whole binge, and I knew how notorious the sequels were overall. So I was very excited to see what that was about, and I was like, okay, let's go into this and, and see what the vibe is. <laughs> I, it was very no. very neutral. I went in very neutral. <laughs> I I think honestly I think that's so great, and that's one of the things that personally I love that you're on here with us for, because you're bringing something that the three of us like cannot mm. bring yeah. whatsoever, and it's yeah. such a uh, an important voice because the sequel trilogy and Disney Plus and Mandalorian did bring in so many Star Wars yeah. fans who like. Before those came out, given a certain age, everyone knows what Star Wars is. So it's not like someone right. like saw The Mandalorian and they're 35. I've never heard of this Star Wars before. Like everyone <laughs> has some idea. But like for right. you to be able to bring that perspective in, I think is it's one of my favorite things that I have you here. And Thank real you. quick before Jason leaves, uh, speaking of Mar- Marvel, let me derail uh, Pete Milk at uh, me. And have you finished Loki yet? <laughs> I love that. I have not. He is oh my god, that's so cute. I love him so much. <laughs> Thank you. I no, I'm um Jason, I did try and I'm sorry. I can't I can't I can't Can we throw Brian out of the room? Anybody have that power? We have that power. I think we have that power. Have that no power. taste. We do. All all of Brian's taste is in his mouth. That's the only taste. <laughs> as basic as Bud Light, y'all. Basic as Bud Light. <laughs> Oh, All right, Brian. So, <laughs> um, let's start with the positive things. Chase, mm. first, what was your overall vibe of the movie? And, and then what were like your top, let's try, what are your top three moments? Um, overall vibe with the movie was like I wasn't expecting it to be so carbon copy with New Hope like I love the idea of poetry it's like poetry at rhymes I'm on board but that movie is not poetry at rhymes that movie is like like make a copy <laughs> fax it over to the office like it was that I was not expecting that y'all and for that reason she's not my favorite of the sequel challenge <laughs> But what that movie gets right is character introductions. The way each character is introduced is like so impeccable. It's such great directing, great such great storytelling. So I'll say that's like definitely my my favorite 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 part of movies. Just like the first act. Uh that's really. I'm honestly, yeah, I'm with you. Like the first act is so. Incredibly it's good. so tight, you guys. It's so clean. It's so well paced. Everyone's introduced perfectly. I kind of get lost a little bit in the middle, and then I get back on, and then yeah. But listen, I love it. I love that people love it. But yeah, I I think overall I liked it, but I could I would have liked it more had it taken like a little bit more risk and just kind of like been a little bit different. And it also kind of like what Emma's was talking about, it felt very Marvel to me, which I was adverse to. It felt very Marvel in a lot of ways. Like Poe Dameron's humor in the beginning felt pretty like a little bit too sassy, where it was almost like Marvel level of like sass. 
it kind of like I kind of either get used to it with Poe or they sort of held back with it later on. But at first, it's just like I'm like, okay, got it, and like feel like I'm watching a Marvel movie. But yeah, those are my first takes. Again, I like I like the movie. I do not dislike the movie. Okay. <laughs> I am um real quick, everyone. I'm sorry. Uh, M, how about? Well, no, no, no. Here, I got it. I'm gonna post this in the stream because um. Chase said that this was not poetry or rhymes. It was more of like a Xerox copy of A New mm-hmm. Hope, which got my mind to think about Jessica Six. And click that YouTube link there for Get Load or for uh, Ridiculous because it has the greatest lyric of all time saying, uh, it, it's like a, a brag thing, you know, and she says that Madonna is Xerox copying her. So Why wait, that's is just everyone <laughs> coming for me today? No, I'm not because what I what this is going to also segue into. Um, if you're here, make sure to follow uh, Amadala Helps. Our friends are putting together an initiative to uh, uh, raise funds, and they're already over seventy two hundred dollars from the last I checked to yeah, raise money for. Um, oh, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. Equality Texas. There's a lot of anti-trans bills trying to go through. The, their local government there in Texas and um, Jessica Six, Nomi Ruiz is a beautiful trans woman and that is what she is saying by Xerox copying her. All the pop stars are trying to scan and play off of including Madonna's recent looks of all the things that like people like her do and put out there and then don't, they don't get the credit. They're shoved away. Yeah. Listen to, listen to Jessica Six. Listen to Jessica Six. Amazing. Okay, sorry. Uh, Emma, what did you think of this movie overall? My heart even in this anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's right. <laughs> no, okay, so... Things I loved about this movie... Um, okay. Uh, well, I, am I, do you want me to talk a bit about my personal connection with this movie? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, well, obviously, female protagonist, I was so there for that. Like, that was so important to me, and especially seeing a character that was designed to be so independent and so strong and... You know, a lot of people complain about how Ray is, like, overpowered or, like, is too powerful for, like, not being trained. And it's all just really, like, a, we all know it's, like, a screen for misogyny, yes. blah, blah, blah. But it's, I think that the, her story and her character was designed to make you accept that she is that strong. Mm-hmm. Because she literally survived by herself from childhood mm-hmm. in a desert. You know? It's like, yeah. you can't deny that she's had a hard life. You know? And, and yeah. So I just, I felt like they sort of constructed her very, in a very sort of airtight way. Mm. You know? And, um, and so for me personally, you know, like, I've talked about this before, you know, in my one-on-one about how powerful it was for me to see Leia as a mom because when I went to see it, I was very pregnant oh. <laughs> with my son. And um, and I also kind of feel like that is one of also one of the reasons why 
I've always been so sympathetic to Kylos as well because, like, especially when, like, when my son got his diagnosis of being autistic because it's like I was thinking about this today while I was walking with him from the train station and I was just thinking about how, like, when you're a mom, like, even if your child turns out to not be what you expected, or even if there are things about them that scare you or are a mystery to you, you will always understand the core of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of the sort of mystery, like with a capital M of motherhood or of parenthood is like when you have this creature that you love unconditionally and they come into your life and are just so completely connected to you in that way, you will never, you will never completely reject them because like you have this fundamental relationship with the center of them and the things about their soul that are beautiful and human. I love that. So mm-hmm. it just, it made sense to, and I mean, even though at that time, like, I mean, I was still pregnant with Silas, I didn't know who he was, I didn't know who he was going to turn out to be, but I just really felt it was very easy for me to live inside of that story mm-hmm. of, of Leia still loving Kylo and more than anything that. wanting him back. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I think I think this movie does that really beautifully, even with um Han and Ray. And I know there are people who don't like that relationship who are like he attached himself to her too quickly and that led to he must be her father and all of mm-hmm. those rumors that were going on. Uh, now I was not a father when this movie came out. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I can watch that scene. Like when I watch it today, I think about it's not the same story as M's because I don't have that experience. But I will say from when you're adopting children, at least the way we did through the foster system, it's so weird. You get piles of paper about a child and that's all it is. You have no pictures. You have no names. You have a pile of paper that doesn't even say who the child is. This is what's happened to the child. That's what, that's the story that you get. And it's heartbreaking. It is like, it is so easy to be really down during that whole process. And what happens sometimes is there's just a piece of paper and all of a sudden there's this connection. And and again, they're all the same. And I'm someone who really trusts my gut in that sort of way. And so that's how you decide, you know, how to move with things. And I can look back to Han. Like every one of my children, they already had a story. They already had a life. But the minute I met them, I was connected to their history and I was connected to their future. And I was their parent the minute they stepped foot into my door. And I felt that Han had that connection with Ray. And I look at that now. And that idea of being that connected to someone you don't know is so honest and so real. And it can very much happen that way. You just see this person who needs you and you're there and you take on that role and you take on their past, you take on their history and make it part of your own. And I think um, 
there's so much with Ray, and then I think Kylo takes that for her later as the as the trilogy moves forward. I think it's really great. But well, um, like with the Han, I always felt it was sort of a case of like like recognizing like you know like they oh, were, yeah. they yeah. were so similar and like and also especially and and I mean the the biggest bridge between them was the Falcon. Right, yep. like yeah. she mm-hmm. could fill in the gap. She filled in the gaps for him of where the Falcon had been, mm-hmm. and then she bypassed the compressor. Mm-hmm. She bypassed the compressor. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. <laughs> I bypassed the compressor. I love that moment so it's much. So cute. I know. It's I love so it. endearing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, like you're looking at like a fellow like deer head, like or just like yeah, you know right away you get you get the you speak the language the falcon yeah. speaks, you know, and that's all the connection that he needed. It was like okay, this person's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yep, so <laughs> good, awesome. so good. When this movie, I mean, Chase, you are 100 percent right. This movie introduces characters so well. I was in instantly yeah. in love with Ray and Finn. And oh yeah. Not to jump too far ahead, but like I don't even I didn't even they'd sprinkled enough Luke in that I didn't realize Luke wasn't in the movie until he showed up at the end. I'm like, oh my god, he was never here the whole time. Like yeah. how amazing <laughs> is that? You know, like that and I love Luke Skywalker. I mean this was pre Mandalorian bad decisions. So I was like super yeah. in love with Luke Skywalker at this point in time. Um I think it did it really, really well. Uh Mark, how about you? All right, I'm going to take a little bit of what each of you said. I'm going to put it in a blender, and I'm going to serve up my own pink milk here, okay? Because I agree, <laughs> because well I, agree I agree with, with Chase, like, you know, what you said. It's like uh, instructions, awesome. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, the movie, for, for its pros and cons, there are things in there I absolutely love, right? Mm. And then I think about it, then I think about my familial relationships in that we had lost my grandmother early on in the year, and that was a big connection to me because she was like a second mother to me. And so like when Em is talking about that, um, you know, that, that connection you have with your mom, my mom has always been very good about explaining that connection between her and my brother and I. So I totally understand him. You know, it's, it's like a saying in Spanish, la sangre llama, you know, it's just like that blood calls. But sometimes at the side of it, like Paul even mentioned, it's a soul connection because sometimes you don't have to have the same blood. You, you connect with a soul. And so but between a mother and a child, that's just like something that it's just it's just something else. It's like almost beyond words, but I feel it. I've always understood that. And it's like, you know, I, just especially with my mom and my grandmother, when we lost her earlier that year, when we saw Leia come out of the ship for the first time, she looked she reminded me so much of like a combination of my mom and my grandmother that I just lost it. I completely mm. lost it. So um when I think about all that, that no matter what, you know, what may I mean, think about this movie in general, about the things that I may like, may not like, um, there are things about this movie that make it important to me. And so I'm always going to have, it's going to have a special place in my heart, no matter what, for those mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's great stuff in there. Like you said, the, the character introductions, Ray, I just, Ray just shines in this movie. It's just an absolute, like, pleasure to see that character get formed you right away get a really good idea of what she's like and then you can't help but like her and then you see her interact with han and you're like oh my gosh she's so cool that's like you know what i mean <laughs> and then and then you care about her so by the time you get to that big moment towards the end of the movie if you're not a mess then you're not human <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like simple as that i mean it's it's very well paced 
even in the clunky parts towards the middle. Like you said, the first act, beautiful. But then yeah. other parts that get a little slow for me, but it absolutely, when you get past the end, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you get to the end, it just, it just all just really does come together. So yes. Yeah. Can I, and can I say something about, about the movie echoing a new hope so much or Xeroxing? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a meta decision because I feel like they, wanted to bring back people who had felt alienated by the prequels. Interesting. I really think that that was like a cynic, like there was like a tiny amount of cynicism in there yeah. of, mm-hmm. because because the reaction when the prequels came out, like there were so many Star Wars fans that just like straight up turned their back on it because they were just like, what, mm-hmm. what is this? You know, like there was a lot of animosity. Like I, I think it's hard, it's hard to remember if you weren't there, if you're not an old like me. And, and, and you weren't there and you don't remember. But like, 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 for example, there's, there's a, there's a podcast that I listen to and, and one of the hosts, like her family is like a Star Wars family and like her daughter, like reads like Ray's survival guide as like a bedtime story. And Aww. like she's, but she said during the show, she's like, we don't acknowledge the people in our house. Like, yeah. No, like straight up. Yeah. Oh like people God. were like, yeah, no, like there was, there was a big, big, yeah. there was, there was a large section of the fandom that was just like, prequels are trash and like no like yeah you know and i feel like i feel like part of the reason why the force awakens echoed a new hope so much was because they were trying to tell people like eh, remember remember eh, mm-hmm. eh, you know remember the one you liked star wars huh <laughs> give us your money please <laughs> and i'm gonna add to that oh i'm sorry Good. I'm, oh, no, no, no. I'm done Good. now That's i was i was just gonna say that one thing that really struck me about this film there's some things like I, I don't really like, like when an important planet prime gets blown up. I mean, obviously we found out later when it, it would be more important, right? The reason why, but I just, for me, it should have been for something I got blown up. I'm sorry. It just, I, but again, it was like they were trying to get rid of the prequels thing. That's what people complained that, you know, that are you trying to erase the prequels at one point? And then, so there's mm. a good and bad in that, what you brought up in, but, but something else that I noticed was, when they go to Masconata's castle, when you walk into that place and the feel of it, you're getting a little bit of the cantina in the original film, right? Mm-hmm. But they were absolutely building and getting people ready for this new world that they were introducing that was going to make it so that when you walked into Galaxy's Edge, you would feel at home and you would feel like you were in Star Wars. As as far back as that, they were really building that up because I, I felt that when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I, I didn't realize... They were priming people for that. They field. were cementing I, the aesthetic. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. were. And it, it's just interesting now when I look back and I'm like, wow, look, there it is. It's, it, it's Star Wars, you know? And, yeah. and that's why when people walk into that, they, they're very emotional because it feels very familiar, even though it is something very new. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Real quick before I, go any further i want to say hello to alex's roomie alex has a new roomie and they are hey, watching hello. for the first time so hello, hello. you know i have to say i love ray and finn more than anything in this movie yep. like i i love that they are the same and very different they both came from similar backgrounds and then react to those two things very very differently i love that story idea i love that they learn from one another um I think it's great. I think they have good really chemistry great. too. Very, very yeah. good chemistry. And it's it's hard to talk about this now, 
knowing everything that comes without talking about all those other things, but you know, we're gonna do our best. But I I agree. I I this is similar to a new hope. And yes, there is a little bit of cynicism of re- like redoing the prequels, you know, not redoing the prequels, but you know, take making sure we're not the prequels. Right down to Kylo's weird like do we need to clone army? And it felt like it was this insult, like figure this out or the audience is going to give clone army too. But what I love and what I think this introduced, which I'm here for clone army any day, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love well, kidnapping is cheaper. Just saying. Anyway, you, can, you, um, could, you could go to someone <laughs> other, you could go to someone other than the Camino himself. I mean, you could. Um, I love that this already established the whole thing. I mean, I've said it. It's not going to be a secret to anyone who's listened. I love how meta the sequel trilogy is. And I love that this presented a world that was similar to what came before, but were given this whole new group of characters who understood the world that came before them and gave them an opportunity to act different. I love that it set up the legend of Luke Skywalker. And so when someone like Rey hears this, she knew that mm-hmm. Luke did it once before and she can too. So it kind of, it re, it didn't, for me, it's not a Xerox copy because of that. It's like, it really did this really great job of yeah. building something underneath. And I think like the Luke is just a myth and she finds out, she finds out it's real is when she starts to make choices where Luke was pushed into everything. She ran into it. And I just yeah. love, and she was inspired to run into it because of the legend of Luke Skywalker. And so then Brian, we meet Broom Boy later, and yeah. I love that about it. Like, that to me, not to go too far away, but that's where I think the sequel trilogy later started to fumble. Because I feel like they didn't always honor that anymore. For yeah. me. But I'm looking forward to future conversations to like hear different perspectives. Mark, go ahead. Oh, Brian, I was just going to say, because I, I mean, which was saying earlier, yeah, there are parts of it to me that, that, you know, I didn't care for because of that reason, because of the carbon copy. But there are many things in here that are so new and so well introduced that they, they stand yeah. on their own. There, mm-hmm. I don't think it's those things that are the, the, the problem, but it's the things that they try to make so that other people can familiarize and kind of like, oh, I remember that. It, you know, cause it's like, did we need another Death Star? so to speak, you know, because then you know it's going to get blown up. There, It kind of takes away a little bit of the suspense when you already know that's and how they're going to do it and how they're going to destroy it, right? Um, that, Although, that, hmm? in Fallen Order, we find that out that is what were, I was going to get to. They were building it at the same time as they were building yeah. the Death Star. That when, But the gut punch of when you find out what planet it was, that's when it, it, it mm. kind of fills in the gap and it, it's like when you really hit home. It's like we get that information way later, right? But it's just yeah. the fact that you find out that this important planet got made into this makes that even better, right? But mm-hmm. I like it. I kind of wish they would have just stripped it and then it would have been just like disrespecting the planet in general because they knew stripping it of whatever it already had. One way or another, it still would have hit the same way, right? Um, but of course, you get the ultimate like you know insult in that they take this planet and make it a whole damn weapon. Right. Um, but yeah, I guess I just to me, it's like it's hard to top the Death Star. I mean, the Death Star is the Death Star. I love yeah. both of them. Yeah. And I, it just there's something about that big mechanical ball that just it, mm-hmm. it's home. It's home. It's like I always wanted like 
think about it, like what it would have been like to be on there and everything, right? Um, yep. But again, a whole new generation got to be introduced to this, and that's their Death Star now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's all I can say about that. Yeah, I I agree, and I've said this before too. Like, I know people love to like kind of blast the Death Star idea, but in the real world, you know. Uh, battleships sometimes sink, but we continue to build them because you can win a lot of wars with them. Mm. And so, like, just because the Death, the Death Star blew up Alderaan, that probably made all of the money spent on it from the Empire's point of view worth it. Mm. You know, like, of course you can build another one. Um, I think, but to go back to Jedi Fallen Order and finding out that Starkiller base is Ilum and all of those things, I think that is what I love so much about Star Wars and this whole uh, telling stories out of order. Because I feel like if we heard of that in the thing, it's just this linear plot. Like the idea that we go back and forth and, and, and are forced to revisit different aspects of Star Wars all the time is what makes us love it so much because it's mm-hmm. like a relationship. We have mm-hmm. a relationship with these movies. We learn a little bit more about them as they go. You can mm-hmm. be with someone. I've been with Tom for almost 15 years. And there's still things I find out about him. Still. And we like. <laughs> no, I totally like, get that. It's so. <laughs> mo- when movies are just this linear story that everyone starts to complain that the sequel trilogy in particular didn't do, I'm like, what well, that? That's basic storytelling. Star Wars has never done that. Like, out of order mm-hmm. star- storytelling and telling things later and earlier is a part of Star Wars DNA. Like, don't ever yeah. take that away. That is part of what makes mm-hmm. it what it is. Um, so, real quick before we go to like not so great things i want to also say that general hux in this movie i love him so much and that scene is so good and i'm still angry how they treated him in the next two movies because i it is so good he is so evil and i can see like i wanted i can i can see how he gets to where he got in trust Mm -hmm. but they didn't do enough I think in TLJ to build that antagonistic relationship. Like they didn't let him be really evil yeah. still and have Kylo break him down. They went to automatic. He's a cartoon character. And I'm like, you just yeah. uh, to me undercuts that a lot. And so I, but it's so good. You already I also, know my opinion on that. I do. And I'm looking forward to talking about it more when we talk TLJ, truthfully. Um, I love what Al says here. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is fighting for my rights playing bow head over heels for Finn. Um, yeah, we have Storm Pilot. Storm Pilot is at the beginning of every single After Dark for a reason because yep. it's everything. And they are they are a couple. And like it's I it's, still it's as canon as Din Cobb. I still well, more canon than Din Cobb with peace and love. It is more canon. <laughs> like I think I genuinely think that that they will canonically recognize them. I mean, not anymore now that we got a that CEO in Disney. But I used to think that um, I used to think that they will one day canonize them as a couple. I do too. But I mean, after this week, girl, I don't know. I don't know if y'all are reading the news. But I think the closest <laughs> we'll get is the fact that they use that footage in the Last Jedi where they're holding hands. Love that. Like that made it into the movie. That shot. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Um Yeah, we'll talk off camera about the news this week. Uh okay, Chase. Give us something. Oh, I also really love the way this movie looks. 
I think it looks beautiful. I it love is. all the it's red and the blue. Very it, is, it is out of the three movies, I think it's the most beautiful looking of the three. Like I love it. Maybe Rolly Pac-Man balls look a little weird sometimes, but I'm also like kind of here for Rolly Pac-Man balls. They're kind of cool and whatever. All right, Chase. Something that didn't work so well for you. Um, I don't, I think it was, I think it's just like the carbon copiness, so I don't want to hound on that, but I guess I'll just say like, just the way it's, it's so hard to talk about Force Awakening, Force Awakens without, like, without talking about the other movies, mm -hmm. but overall, it's just the way that John Boyega is treated in these movies is very hard to watch, um, because there is so much there that, could have happened and so much like just so much synergy i forgot who it was in the chat but someone in the chat mentioned like how like ray and finn give very like luke and leia vibes and i couldn't agree more mm -hmm. and i love i love them so much and i just wish that more of that was able to happen throughout all three movies um it, def it definitely shows in the force awakens i mean they set up a lot that isn't you know executed but yeah i think that was just that was that that was hard for me um, and also mm. just to bring it back about what you said about this movie being beautiful, I completely agree. And I, what I love so much about the sequel trilogy is the aesthetic. I think that like, and I'm a prequels like Stan. So like I, it does frustrate me, frustrate me sometimes when that like the sequel trilogy so clearly ignores the prequels. But that being said, I think that what we were given because of that ignorance is that like we have a completely different aesthetic. So like my favorite thing is like each trilogy has, feels like a different, like a totally different food. It's like a fruit, a dessert, and like a second a, dessert. A, and like a, yeah, celery stock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. I love it. I love it. Those not shady, Brian. Do not, yeah. do not read it to that. But yeah, I don't know. I'd say just John Boyega. I just, I just feel for him and it was frustrating to watch yeah. because there was so much, there was so much potential there. So that was, that's always kind of hard to, to revisit the sequel trilogies with that, with uh, Finn's character. With knowing. Yeah. Um, yeah, a hundred percent actually. Um, I think for me, and it's worse and worse every time I watch it, but it really was the trying to walk as far away from the prequels as they could at the time. You know, they're changing that now, but I'm with mm -hmm. you, Chase. Like, I'm a huge prequel fan. Like, to me, that's how Star Wars looks. And I'm even an OT mm -hmm. guy, but when I close my eyes and I think about what Star Wars looks like, I go to the sequel trilogy because I think it's, I think it's the most Star Wars. For the good and the bad of the things that have happened, it just to me is like mm -hmm. everything that George Lucas wanted them to be. And I love them. And I also mm -hmm. love that they're very intentionally very different from one another. I think that's a very important part yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, other movies need to be able to take those risks and let other people look very different from one another. Let the movies separate themselves so we can visually walk in and go, oh, this is different. Um, mm -hmm. But I think... The worst part of this movie for me, and Mark alluded to this earlier, but is the complete and utter lack of politics in it. So much so, we said oh this last week we talking about things. Yes. Like if this had, yeah, if this had started with the napkin bombing, and I have a feeling those were things that were, those ideas were gestating around. It's not, I don't think necessarily Claudia Gray came up with it 100% on her own. I think some of those things were in parts of the draft because they were working on all this stuff together while all of it was going these were ideas that they were having i i especially again watching tfa again today 
I think there are cues right down to the music which you talked about that Ray could possibly be Palpatine's granddaughter. I think that was there. Do they? Mm-hmm. And you're a writer, right? Like every time I see these Twitter know-it-alls that like have never written anything before, like hey, every writer has multiple ways that a story could go. And then sometimes when you're writing, stories go certain ways. That's what happens. Yeah. You have different ideas mm-hmm. and you. That's how it works, but I do think there were those seeds were planted in this early on. Um, I think the idea of the two being a dyad were planted on early on. It's very evident in this movie. Um, oh yeah, but I think oh, the yeah. lack of the lack of politics really hurts this movie because, like, who is the first order? I feel like the the blowing up of Hosnian Prime. Uh, Buck and, and Hope earlier in a chat were talking about how Resistance handled it, and Resistance handled that destruction of the yep. planet like ten thousand times better. Than that's that's did. when 100%. it really came. Yeah, that's when I really felt it more. It was much hundred percent because then you actually know that you can connect that planet to somebody. Yep. That that's a yep. character that you've been following, and then it has more weight, right? I mean, not yeah. that seeing the destruction of a planet shouldn't have any weight, but we have no history with that planet up until this point. So it's just kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, yep. I mean, even even look at it this way: in A New Hope, when Alderaan gets blown up, you see it in Leia, like yep. just right away what that means to her. It you don't have to have been introduced to the planet; it's just the way that they brought it in and the way that it built up to that moment. So when that hit, it absolutely was. A tremendous moment, and yeah, yeah I, I, that should have been copied. Well, if you were like, going to carbon copy anything, that should have been carbon copied. <laughs> well, yeah, like Finn comes running in, it's like yeah. that's the Republic. Yeah, what's and the it's Republic? Because like, oh, okay. that's the first time yeah. he mentioned the Republic in this entire movie. I don't know what that was. So clearly, yeah. it was mentioned earlier, but they did do yeah. a very good job editing it. Like it really, I think it really hurts. It weakens what the what the First Order is, because now they just like. They really do look like Empire 2.0 in a way, and Kylo Ren's Ren Fan outfit in this movie doesn't really help. I also am here for the Ren Fan Fair yeah. outfit, but like, I think it's the weakest part of this movie because it 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 renders a lot of things surface level, and I do think that this movie asks its audience to do a lot of the emotional lifting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, I I do believe, and I've said this so many times, that I like that Star Wars is about a helmet and we put ourselves into the thing. But it was, like, missing too much. And it asks you to bring a lot to it in an, in an unfair way. and doesn't give you quite enough. I still yeah. feel like... Totally agree. I don't leave these movies having the same kinds of heavy talks about what the Force is or what is cloning all about like some of the bigger ideas that we have about real world implications from star wars i don't really necessarily feel in this but i say that and i love ray skywalker and i love the found family aspects that the trilogy over time talks about but i feel that that's so specific to me that I don't know if it's a like a, a, a bigger picture thing. But Emma, what is something that doesn't work for you? Rathars. I always skip Girl. it. Girl. Girl. I know, Girl. right? It, it just disturbed me seeing that thing suck on the end of the, the cockpit. I was like, I, 
It's like, what is going on? <laughs> it is like literally chaos for chaos sake. And yep. not even like in a cute Loki way. It's like, let's yep. just have a chase sequence. Let's have Han smuggling these like ra- yep. Raptor. I don't know what they're called. Yep. Raptor. And then it's, yeah. And then it's just, it's just, it's just wild to me. And then, and then Ray pulls the wrong thing. And I'm like, but you bypassed the compressor. I'm like, what's going on? Like, yeah. it's just, it's just too much. It's that part. And that's like, it really starts, like, it already, like, that's where it really starts to dip for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's really, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I always skip down. it. Yeah, honestly, absolutely. as soon as right after Han sasses Chewie, yeah, I yes. always that's when I start fast forwarding. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing is that the escape from Jakku on the Falcon is too long. It is it it is mm-hmm. a bit long, but it gives me a little bit of like pod race energy just because it's like de- desert planet and like we're it's flying around true. tight corners like but, tight like, little honestly, alleys I just, like i just feel like it could have been just like 26 seconds shorter oh you're not wrong yeah no i agree and we could have <laughs> gotten all honest. of that stuff still you know yeah. the pod racing could possibly be shorter too as well that's what i'm saying it. yeah no no, no i love the pot race scene and it, <laughs> the pot race scene is very very long and there comes a point in the pot race scene for me every once in a while where i'm like okay what i'm like isn't this over by now and it kind of i kind of feel like this the falcon stuff has like similar energy in force awakens where it's kind of like going along but yeah tlj handled it better when they're going through the crystals of of uh whatever planet that is like, oh yeah planet yeah, which was really beautiful. Great. All right, Mark. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I don't like Star Wars. Uh, Mark, <laughs> how about you? Like any any anywhere else to go with this? So my uh, it, the, my biggest complaint because it starts with this film um, and continues in the other two films, but I'm willing to forgive it in Frost because at at the very end it it's kind of doing its own thing, right? But I don't like the way that the endings of this film and the the last Jedi do their thing because there are some things that I always want to be able to count on the crawl and the ending these are beautiful like bookends right and it's always been your heroes or at least a group of people in a triumphant or sad ending right and I get that that you know they try to kind of do their own thing with this here but I don't like it it I absolutely don't but the next movie, we're going to get into that whole ending then, because you're going to hear me complain a whole plot, a whole bunch about that. But with this one, like it could have been nice to see Ray and Luke and their meeting and how that went, but then kind of maybe just like go back to some, I don't know, to to, to something else, and then you have that ending, right? Because um, it's kind of hard. I mean, I, if you look at the end of like A New Hope and, and Empire and Return of the Jedi. There's something very either triumphant or very sad about those endings. Yes, thank you. There's something very sad or triumphant about those endings, and it's like I miss that so much. I absolutely miss that. I just don't don't like the notes that they end on, and that that I will carry with me as one of the biggest disappointments in 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 the movies. But but like I said, the in Tross, I can forgive it because I kind of like what they did with that. That was its own new thing with this character that took us through this whole journey. And we're back looking at that sunset, you know, dreaming yep. again to what's ahead. Thank you, Mommy. Aww, we love it when Jason's, mommies come and hang out. Yeah. 
Jason says, my mother is next to me and has no clue about anything Star Wars, but she said she loves you all anyway. Oh, uh, I'm hi, you're here tonight, Mommy. There were some other nights that I, we all love moms, but moms are not allowed sometimes. Sometimes, unless you're Emma, sometimes because, yeah. Because Emma is a very special mom. Not like Yeah, that. especially considering what I said in the group text today. <laughs> <laughs> Which we really need. We need some of that in this. We like. We have to have a little bit of steam. Um, okay, maybe later. No, I'm with you, Mark. Like we've mentioned, I. This is. It's one of the things I love so much about George Lucas. George Lucas is such a. I know it sounds corny because these are like film directors, so of course they're all like visual people. But like I feel like George Lucas knows how to set up a photograph in a movie. Yeah, knows how to freeze yep. frames things oh, long yeah. before, long before you could freeze frames things. things. Yeah. yeah, but those endings, especially Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi is my favorite ending of any of them. The yeah. Phantom yes. Menace, another one of my favorite endings. Great ending. Like you all, you don't need <laughs> to know anything else, but you know they were a good ending. Yeah, mm. I love those you know, endings. You, oh. When yeah. with the Phantom Menace, and I know we're talking about the Force Awakens, but the Phantom Menace, <laughs> he's holding the ball, and you see these two different groups of people, which is a trite idea of like, yeah. we look different. We can't possibly be in the same way. We are the same. Let's be friends. We all know that's basic, right? But whatever. We t- it's basic, and we talk about it all the time because it's a beautiful story. And that idea of these two different cultures, these two very visually different looking people, Holding this thing, uniting with, meanwhile, the happy sound of the Emperor's theme and behind us is the idea of what the rebellion is all about. Different mm-hmm. people from different places coming together. It was planted right there in that. It's mm-hmm. so, like, it's so good. The end of Return of the Jedi, you don't need to know anything. But you know these people are a bunch of friends who just did something really great together. The end of Empire Strikes Back, you don't need to know anything. But you know it's yeah. kind of somber. Yeah, yeah it is. Like it, it is it's a gorgeous. beautiful. Oh it's a beautiful that, photograph, and it's somber. And these, oh. like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I am not a fan of the literal, the literal cliffhanger. Like, I don't, I don't want that to work in Star Wars. Every mm. Star Wars movie has a cliffhanger of an ending in some way, shape, or form, but they also still finish. It's like they finish yeah. that story. But they know there's the one that can come after, and this story is left unfinished. Yeah, well, they, yeah, like literally. It, yeah, well, yeah, they and they didn't finish again, the, the scripts I, before they was, wrote. They did the movies. That, so. But that was a meta. But again, that was a meta choice. That was a yep. choice to signal to the audience: this is a trilogy. There is more mm-hmm. than one movie here. We are not one and done. But like, do they need to do that? Like, isn't it isn't that the implication? Isn't that the default when they set out to make a new Star Wars trilogy? Do you know what I mean? Let me tell you. Like, Disney paid four billion dollars for something that didn't seem to understand the power of the two words that they bought: Star Wars. Yeah. They. Re- I still fully believe that half of the problem of Solo was naming the movie Solo. It's such a stupid name. It's <laughs> awful. It is so bad. I hate it. And they thought Han Solo was a bigger name than Star Wars? Like, really? Really? Half of Star Wars talk is Ryan, releasing the name of a movie and then all the nerds talk about what it. What would you have called it? 
What's, what, give, give me a good title for Solo right Crimson now. Crimson Dawn, a Star Wars Beautiful. film. Love it. Ooh, you know what all of us would have done? <laughs> well, damn. Crim- what damn. is Crimson Dawn all about? Oh my god, I have to go see this movie. What is Crimson Dawn? I love and then we that. We find out that it's yeah. the same, but it's also Crimson Dawn because it's, you know, the yep. Empire is there, yeah. and but we're starting the rebellion, so Dawn is coming, but it's still hidden in the darkness, and but and, like it's. I honestly would like the movie more if I could watch it. Think like if I watched yeah. it for the first time with a, even just a different title, I, it would have affected the way I watched it. and I would have enjoyed yes. the movie more. Like yes, like okay. So if you think about the old novels that had the the Han Solo as the main character, something along the lines of like Han Solo and the Edge of Crimson Dawn. That's off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. That yes. would have been cool because then it harkens back to those book titles, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is a Han adventure. Like this is so cool. And obviously, we know we're gonna get you. Nope. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, okay, anyway. but can I can I bring us back on topic? Yeah. Can I can I tell can I say something <laughs> that I noticed on my rewatch? Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That upset me. Yes. Hold on, Brian. I do not hate Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> I love it. That title is all of the Brian's. Brian, be Brian. I know, I know. <laughs> it's gonna be like Spidey pointing at each other. But yeah. that, Brian's from, <laughs> that Brian's from New Jersey, and I'm, I live with someone from New Jersey, and I'm deathly afraid of people from New Jersey. Yeah, one of my best friends is from Jersey. Two of my best friends are from Jersey. I get that. They will cut a bitch real quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Emma. Awesome. One thing that I noticed on this rewatch of Force Awakens was Poe is directly Poe is the person who killed Finn's bestie. Mm-hmm. I noticed that because what how their fates are intertwined, mm-hmm. right? I thought about when I was watching the scene, I was like, oh my god, this is a trip. And like, look at the direct effect he had on him, right? Yeah. It's insane. Oh my god, you know, you know what we should all do? I'm sorry, I don't want to, I am going to interrupt. We should start a new podcast. Okay. Emma's a beautiful writer. We should start a Dateline podcast about Poe hunting down that person because he was in the way of his love. <laughs> oh, he was fully jealous. He's yeah, really out of the and way. it was murder. Like he started the whole thing. Oh, he did what he had to like, do. Like before yeah. I forget, before I forget, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this particular scene because remember how we always said there were little seeds dropped here and there about Finn being force sensitive, right? Yes. The scene where Kylo pauses to look at him in his trooper armor. What yes. did he sense? What was there other than the fact that he realized that he was going through it? Right? He probably yes. feel that emotion. What was going on in that moment that made him pause and like be like, huh? I know? feel like he sensed Finn's conflict because Finn is force sensitive. And actually, yeah. oh yes, this comes to another conclusion that I came to during this watch, which is I think that force sensitive people are like a, you know how mushrooms have like a communication system that they can go yes. on for like miles and miles and miles and miles. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I think being force sensitive mm-hmm. is like. And I, I, I think, and I think that when Kylo kills Han and Leia senses it, I think what she's sensing is not Han's death. I think she's sensing Kylo's immediate regret. Ooh. And Kylo's I... realization that killing Han did not do what he thought it was going to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That would make more sense. I mean, obviously, she's going to feel the, the 
don't know if you want to say it's the love of her life, but somebody very important to her, right? Yeah. But yeah, but also the fact that the force, there was a disturbance in the freaking force because of what just happened. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I, I love that because it, it leaves it open to interpretation because you could say many things about it. She's going to feel that loss, but she's also like, holy shit, my son just took that next step. And yep. I don't know if it's exactly what he wanted to do, but I, I can't do anything about it because I'm all the way over here and I've got my job to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, oh. Yeah, I love I that. Also, I love seeing that scene again, actually. That really got to me this time. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's some, like, if Leia also feels like she knows that she's the one who gave that that energy to him, like because that could have been her. Like, and Leia has that kind of anger in her. She just also has the other side to balance it out. Yeah. And she didn't. She, I wonder, if she feels like she taught Kylo all the rage, but didn't teach him how to balance it. Yeah. If that makes she taught him how to fight against your oppressors, but didn't teach him how to also yeah. have empathy, which she did do. I think, you know, I love what you're talking about with mushrooms. I, but I also think Jedi are just really empathic people. And that is George Lucas telling us to trust our intuition, trust those around us, see, see what people can have. I think that right down to the midichlorians. I think when Qui-Gon says, yes, they live inside all of us, that line, he literally says they live in all of us, all living beings, and how yeah. anyone to this day is like, I hate the prequels because they made Jedi. Anyone could be a Jedi, but now you have to have this. Nope, Qui Gon said right there in it, they are in all of us. Yeah. There are some people who are more open to listening to them, and that's what makes the Jedi unique from a non-force user. Every single person has the ability to be a force user. Every single human being has the ability to have empathy and to see beyond beyond surface level of people, the things around them, the animals around them, the earth around us. We all have that ability to listen to things differently. Most of us just most of us just so you're saying we're all out. mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Ann was talking I, about earlier. <laughs> I yeah, and to throw my own take on it too is I agree with all that. I see it as like sort of like for like Spider-Man fans, it's like there's like sort of like that hive mind in like the the web of the multiverse where like yes. all the sim like all like the you know Venoms and Spider-Man and all these symbiotes can like communicate and like through this like web. So it definitely, I it definitely has that vibe. But I always read, I always read Leia feeling that mm. was feeling Kylo killing Han was very like um I think she there's a disturbance in the forest and she knew that those two were at the helm of it uh, right there was exactly. no doubt she had exactly. i think she just saw i think she saw both of their faces and she just knew it's yeah. so sad nope. it's so yeah. sad kind of also reminds me of the board collective from star trek by the way Brian. <laughs> <laughs> they are so cool they just tool around in a big old box yes they do <laughs> Actually, the Borg are pretty cool. The Borg seven to the nine cool. kicks ass, though, I'll tell you yeah, that much. Cool. And the Borg Queen, too, but seven to nine is everything. Um. <laughs> oh. Do you get the reference? <laughs> Sex and the City. I just don't know anything about, I don't know anything oh. about oh, Star God. Trek. So. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't blame Burger if he broke up with Star Trek. Also, in the Sex and the City reboot, she says her worst breakup was 
was like something like what said like something stupid and i was like no like your worst breakup was, was getting post-it. broken up with a post-it no i was like how did you guys miss that anyway star wars podcast sorry exactly that's why i wrote this <laughs> yes yes you can bring back to romy and michelle i invented post-its <laughs> <laughs> i did send a romy and michelle gift to emma today oh yes yes he did all right. <laughs> the gift game was strong um, tonight. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love the fact that, like, I guess maybe I came, I, I started thinking about Leia in that moment of not teaching her son empathy after I saw the rise of Skywalker, because that's her moment to teach him empathy, and that's what ultimately brings him back. Is the idea of of forgiveness and having and you know and and being able to see his father that his father even his father had it for him and he if his father had it and he killed him he can give it to himself because i still think that it's leia really standing there not han solo but she's just presenting herself as han solo because she knew that's what Ben needed to see. I just need to nitpick something real quick which is i don't think that it's that ben didn't have empathy I think it's that he didn't believe it was for him. He knew okay. that it existed, and he didn't believe it was for him because Snoke told him that it wasn't. And then I think, yeah, and then I think, I think we're also forgetting because I agree. I think he always okay. had, like, I think he, I think Kylo is like Anakin in the sense that he hmm. has so much soft boy energy, and it's what makes him like so charming. Is he's very soft. But just yeah. in the given circumstances of the world, he was manipulated by this thing that this person. But then on top of it, Luke, Luke's role in in Kylo's like switch, fall. I think is yeah, 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 fall. Yes, fall is probably a better word for it. I like to think switch, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that Luke kind of robbed. Luke was like the straw that. I mean, obviously, straw that broke the camel's back, and like I think that he was just wasn't really given a proper chance the way that Anakin wasn't really given a proper chance. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a very generous take on these two horrific massacre villains, but I just, that's how I see it. You know, it's like they're soft boys who just kind of never really stood a chance. Like they were just products of their circumstance. I No, I agree. I don't think, I don't think that Kylo Ben didn't have empathy. I think he was incredibly, I think he had a lot of it. He just saw it as weakness. And yeah. he was taught to use it as weakness. Exactly. And I think, but exactly. I think that's what, I think that's where Leia feels that she failed him because mm. I think she learned to overcome it when it needed to be done. But the complexity behind Leia that she probably got from her mother was that, that's the backbone behind a fight is having empathy. Once you right. fight someone, like I think queer people in particular, we always, always, always have to remember this for me. And as much as I give shade on church and my own government for not ever really having our back, I know I fight this cause every single day because I know people can change. And what we have to do and what I feel like, I hope this is just Twitter world and not the real world. And I hope too much Twitter doesn't come into the real world. But Twitter and our society right now is unwilling to have empathy for those that you are fighting. We fight you, but you will always be that. We are no longer allowing people to change. We're not trusting our voice enough that we are powerful enough as individuals to actually change someone. 
and show them another way. And I think we should have enough confidence in ourselves and our voices and our stances that people can change. Not everyone, and you need to pick those people out and say goodbye, but if you don't believe people can change, what's the point in fighting? I think that's what Padme believed in. I think that's what Leia believed in. Why fight? Why fight? Then join the Sith. Because that's what absolutes are all about. I, that is like this yeah. Yeah. huge message of all of Star Wars. You're fighting for a better future, but in order to have a better future, you have to change. That's why every villain in Star Wars is redeemed. Because it's yep. the ultimate lesson that people can change. Even except for the worst Grievous. Of, except for Grievous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's because Grievous purposely sold that part of him. He yeah. didn't want that, so he became a, a robot. See, I think that they would have driven that message home had they have been leader resistance of first order troopers that turned. Yes. Because that's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for. So many picks have been written. We'll get to that later. Yeah. (laughs) Because everybody wanted it. Yeah. Like, fan creations is what, is where you go to find out what people want. Yes. I've never understood why. I mean, I think it's pride because I've never understood why people don't go. That don't like just investigate that and go with some of the things that are out there because fans come up with some good shit. They came up with yep. they come up with good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Well, exactly. Why anyone can't open up a Twitter thing and have a conversation with people that don't think like them? This is why. Oh, I you don't even have to agree. We've said that so many times. It's just not, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I love that your viewpoint. And I can under, actually understand how you got there. That's a really powerful tool. The goal of conversation doesn't need to be to change someone's mind. I also want to read this from Daniel Kokat, uh, speaking to the opening of The Force Awakens. I had just reached the end of my road in, fertil- in my fertility journey. I was severely depressed. The Force Awakens was my gateway to Star Wars and helped me heal from my despair. I will defend this movie till the death. I that's think that awesome. is so incredibly wow. beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> and that's why it's things like that. Lots of comments in here. When you hear people that like Tross, we all know how most of us feel on this whole thing, how we don't like it. But that doesn't mean that someone yeah. else can't. And you and you learn to love what other people love in that movie. And you go, you know what? I love that high. I'm gonna I choose to sometimes do that when I don't like something. But you know? I love what Chase has to say about the book of Boba Fett. I love that Tom loves the book of Boba Fett. I didn't like it, so I just want to enjoy that they enjoyed it. It's great. Yeah. Boom. Scotty wants to know if we talked about Snoke yet. I'm not exactly sure what you want us to say. <laughs> I was his presence though, the way he looked in this film though was awesome. Yeah. Like, obviously he wasn't exactly that height or whatever when we saw him, but mm-hmm. the way he was presented as this kind of huge overpowering figure. And even more so than the way the Emperor was presented, because the Emperor was more like, you know, the face, yeah. right? Yeah. It was the mm-hmm. fact that they made him look so tall and overpowering. It made him pretty scary. So I love that imagery, the way he was presented in this film. So that much I'll say about that. Because it was an interesting character, you know? Um, yeah, I love that. That freaked me out the first time. I was almost like, what the hell? I know. I was like, is he really this big? Right. And then I was like, oh, God. I say that about a lot of my dates, too, when I was younger. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely think Snow could have used more context. You know, he oh, was like, he was so, I love the character design. I love, like, his scenes. But, and I was scared of him. I love the voice. I love so the creepy. relationships between him and Kylo, but also him and Hux. Like, I loved all of it. 
I just wish we could have had a little bit more context for sure earlier on. I and I think we're getting that through Mandalorian and Bad Batch. But yeah. go ahead, Brian. I love Snoke. Like I love Snoke. I love like don't mess with an old queen in uh, Gold <laughs> LeMay. Don't fuck with them because they might look like little fairies. And all those straight people that called all the old fierce fairies and lighten the loafers. Yeah, fuck with us, bitches. Because these loafers come off and I will cut you down. But like with your, with your uncut toenails? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need to take sure. your loafers off? You, well, you know, Snowcat. You, like you know, you know, I think. Every person who is intimate with other, like, male-identifying people have come across the person who's, like, really done up and you think they're really hot. Not that Snoke was all that hot, but, you know, he's still, like, you could tell something happened to him, but he was taking care of his skin. Something happened to you, like, put on his finest threads. He got that bad acid peel treatment. But then you know we've all seen some of those people. Why are you wearing flip-flops? Take care you take care of everything else you just stop at the toenails we've all seen dudes or people who have the nastiest toenails oh uh right they're gross uh, take care of them you take that care was of a everything else that like, was a journey how many people have i slept with that literally shave everything off i'm like if that's your thing that's your thing but i'm like wait you are a hairy person because i can feel the stubble everywhere i touch and you take that much time, you're oiled, you're tanned, you're all of it, but you stop the toenails? Yeah. Because you're yeah. cutting it. Uh, in, <laughs> That's Snoke. In Ratland, the rats will know, but there is an infamous paparazzi photo of Adam Driver with a nasty toe. No, I'm Googling yes! it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Out we are coming. Rats. Okay. We are coming to uh, the end of our conversation here. Um, I have one question left for everyone, two for Emma. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, what is your greatest memory from this movie? Emma, let's start with you. Because you're going to take us out tonight because... We weren't okay. thirsty enough, so we're okay. going to let you end okay. the steam with some drink up. Oh, no. Okay. And you'll understand what I'm talking about drinking later. Okay. Um. Oh, no. Okay. Um. Yes. No. My greatest memory was just was going to see it with my dad and my stepmom. Like, it was my third time watching it. We were visiting them for the winter holidays. Um. Like, I don't celebrate Christmas, but they do. Um. And, uh, I was hugely pregnant with Silas and I made them all, I literally like bought the tickets like on my phone so that they couldn't say no. And I made them all go and watch the first week. I love that. And, but because I was enormously pregnant and I had paid for the tickets, dad insisted on buying concessions for me. And I like, just like, I cleared out the Nobody was gonna say no to me because Hell yeah. I was just gonna eat the whole place like this bear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was like hot quick, dogs, bro I... yo, popcorn, Twizzlers, like everything, everything. I love yeah. that. I'm um I like Buck to bring it back to Potato Kylo. This is why Kylo is no. gross. Speaking of the bad show. And- 
can I just say, we're going to get to this when we talk about The Last Jedi, but he was made purposefully gross in The Last Jedi for story reasons. So. And even when he's gross, he's hot as fuck. Yeah, so just deal <laughs> mm-hmm. with it, Buck. Period. Um, I like Nick here. Hashtag M supremacy. Every week, <laughs> M supremacy. Isn't that we, should a we should have a shirt. We should have a shirt. It <laughs> is. Yeah. The supremacy is a chip. And, oh and that, really that's actually that's actually why um, uh, Snoke appears as a hologram because he's on the supremacy, which is his flagship. And the flagship that's in The Force Awakens is the finalizer, which Kylo was in command of. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I love when M gets actually. <laughs> and still one of my fa- very favorite memories of all of Pig Milk is um, actually, and oh, and then fast forward, it's okay that you forgot because I totally forgot myself. It was, the most, <laughs> it was like the most Madonna Emma has ever been on this podcast. We're only human. Everyone is human. I don't want We're all Madonna. To... We're only Madonna. We're all Madonna. Some of us are just a little more reductive than others. Carbon Look copy. it up. Because I'm Madonna yeah. and I think no one knows what reductive means. I think Force okay, Awakens um... knows what reductive means. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. I I love it. It's fun. <laughs> that was so good. Oh my god, that was so good. Okay, Mark, what was your favorite memory from this here movie? Um, I I mean, I, like I was saying before earlier, just the the outside of the movie, the memory of going with my mom to go see it. Like I said, it was a very emotional experience, and it was a big release. So that we had so much fun, and we went with um the South Bay Star Wars Bank Club, and we had rented out a theater to go see it. So it was just. You know, uh, just a bunch of just like over the top fans seeing this thing for the first time together. That's another big memory. But movie wise, I will always go back to this moment. Ray catching the lightsaber. I mean, that the first time I loved it, the second time it made me super emotional. So, yeah. Also, if you've never read the novelization (laughs) of The Force Awakens, please read that part and you will understand really. Anyway, come on. One of the worst Star Wars books ever is the adaptation of the first one. Yeah, I know. That poor guy. (laughs) Not good. But still. Chase, what's your favorite memory? Um, Way back two years ago. From way back to 2020. um, (laughs) I would say this is my favorite Force Awakens memory. Talking to your awesome friends. (laughs) <laughs> yes, literally. Literally, everyone's in the same room, you three in front of me. I'm like, this is my new Force Awakens origin story. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. So, uh, can I ask a question real quick? Jason, are you at the bar yet, or is your sister really taking this long? Because Lord knows you were not supposed to be here this evening. I'm very glad you're here, but I oh, we're happy to go out. Glad to see you I hope you get to go out. <laughs> yes. If not, start making cocktails at home. And you can have a party. Really? <laughs> Tom's going to be mad at me, and Jason's wife's going to be mad at me for this, but I think Jason is hanging out just hoping that Tom like makes a walk by and he's like, oh, I'm going to see my boyfriend, and I might become the next Po <laughs> boyfriend. If I end up murdered anyone, look to Jason. Because if all of a sudden he and Tom are married, the only savings grace is that like have share your custody and baby snips might be in my house at some point in time and like that energy will kind of be around somewhere so that's fine um yeah i think you know what chase i'm gonna right i'm gonna bear back on top of what you said <laughs> you're gonna okay perfect 
wouldn't have it any other that way. Just felt, okay, that also just felt really weird, but whatever. Wow. I, I think um, this is one of my favorite memories of the Force Awakens. This has been, it's been really, really great. I uh, This last year, I've had a very difficult relationship with um, the sequel trilogy. One day I like it, one day I don't. It's definitely probably at the bottom of my Star Wars. But as I've always said, Brian, because I really do love Star Wars, um, it's still Star Wars and it's still better than absolutely everything else. But, you know, it is. I don't find myself going back to this, the sequel trilogy very often. But when I do, I go back to this movie because it's the most fun. And um, I'm very glad I got to watch this because it's the first thing I've watched since the book of Boba Fett and I had a lot of fun. And so The Force Awakens today also gave me some renewed spirit in Star Wars because Lord mm-hmm. knows. I'm sorry, y'all. I hope my game was all right. Tom and I have taken a break from husband and husband because I really burnt myself out with Book of Boba Fett because I really did not like it. And I'm like, I'm trying. So I have to remove myself for a minute because it was just not for me. And it's the first time I have really, like, really not liked something. Yeah. And yeah. I find almost nothing redeeming about the Book of Boba Fett because the only good parts of the Book of Boba Fett are like Mandalorian season three. <laughs> so. I'm really trying, and I just said how much I love Star Wars, and I just went on a huge <laughs> negative tangent. Good job, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do love Star Wars, everyone. Okay. Emma, take us out. So at the end of the night, when we all, including all the steam queens, say drink up, we know what we're drinking. Sorry, Buck. You'll enjoy it. Um... What is it that you really ultimately love about the Force Awakens? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a married are, lady. I'm a married you, lady. Um, and you've been on this very podcast and said all gay relationships are open relationships. To Scotty's favorite thing, where we're talking about all women in Star Wars peg, it's, I think it was also that same episode. Like that was the horniest we've ever been. Oh my god. That all gay relationships are open relationships. Do you need me to read the tweet, the text message? Because I will. It's not much worse than Lady the Murder My Lady Garden by Sam. <laughs> and I also did send this to Tom, who everyone in, who's listening to this now, we all love our Emma. Like Emma is like the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like she is like brilliant and beautiful and also horny. And she's like so complex. And I am like I love her. And the amount of layers. Love her. Yes, I could only wish to be described in such a manner. Okay? <laughs> like, okay. I mean, um, so Tom's always concerned. Every time Tom listens to an After Dark or hears me, he's like, oh, "We all know my husband. I love him, but he's also wants to live in like the in like a gay and accepting queer 1950s. But he wants to live in the 1950s when gentlemen like wore hats and had to have a suit. Like that is what my um, my husband wants to live in that world." And so he's also like, and I know this can come across the long way, so Twitter don't cancel me. And actually, you people that are going to cancel me over this, I don't care anyways. But like, but but Emma's a lady, Brian. You can't talk about certain things. Emma's a lady. You have to respect, she's a lady. Respect her. You can't talk about this stuff. I'm like, no, my Emma is a lady. And I also love her because of the things that she's about to read to you right now. And I did send this to Tom with a, this is your wholesome Emma. Okay. All right. Yes, yeah, so I talked about how I was rewatching The Force Awakens, and Mark <laughs> asked me if I had any rage about it, and I said, 
the only thing that rages in me when I watch The Force Awakens is the desire to suck Kylo Ren's dick. Let's be real. I think I should really name this episode The Desire to Suck Kylo Ren's Dick. <laughs> oh. But the first time I saw this movie, I oh wanted God. to climb him like a tree, and that hasn't subsided over years of time. Chase, can you imagine being in the middle of Kylo No, Ren I can't. We shouldn't Anakin imagine Skywalker. that right now. I can't. I literally can't imagine that right now. I can't. You guys, I don't talk about it enough on the podcast, but I'm like a hot and heavy Raylo. So that's where I've we're become at. one. Thank you. Though Read someone come up... Someone come up to. with, I want to be in the middle. Actually, you know what? I'm going to bring it back to the book of Boba Fett and say something really <laughs> wonderful. Okay. <laughs> because I want to be in the middle of those two Gamorrean guards, like, so bad. Like, just... You know. <laughs> murder me. <laughs> they can't murder, murder you. They've been murdered. Yes, and then it'll end like, babe, that'll do, pig, that'll do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> If they call me pig, <gasps> step on my face and call They're me dead, pig, yeah. and then spit on me and like leather clad. Oh my god! And well, like pigs can be like, you have like oh, no. spit roasted my do? kind for so long. We're gonna spit roast you. Let's all go around and say uh, who, what Star Wars character Blood makes Gate. us the horniest. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yes, this is gonna be the last thing. My list is too long. We've okay, been here okay, for, like, pick four hours. Pick. That's pick, why like, we call you the Spaghetti Jar Loving Queen again. If no one remembers, he is the spaghetti, spaghetti jar loving queen because Kylo Ren has really big dick and needed to fuck a very deep jar of spaghetti from some thick. I don't remember what the thick was, but that was it. The thick and... is literally called fuck your spaghetti. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? This is what we're going to go out on. So this I'm going to tweet this out right now. This week, one of my friends had a charity drive where um, she wanted... Uh, people to donate to certain causes and if we could show a receipt we could give her a prompt and she would write us something so she had five slots and I got the very first one and my prompt was I wanted her to write a fic where Ben Solo ties Ray to a chair and throws 15 banana cream pies at her and then they have sex so she wrote it and the title of it is Cream Pie and Flight Banana Delight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Not only are all ships valid, all kinks are valid too. Yes. Oh, this is a kink positive space. Absolutely. I mean, how could it not? How could it not be looking at us? <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark, before we go to you, Buck, Poe Dameron, okay. Poe Dameron in all caps, mm-hmm. Jason. Darson Quip. Oh, girl, I get mm, it. Great choice. A really good choice. Jedi. Paul here. Normally at odds with M. This is going to be like the moment that Paul and M come together as one. Spit roasting Han Solo together. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I would peg Han Cassie, Solo Cassie, Ahsoka, uh, Attack of the Clones, Padme, and Revenge of the Sith Anakin. I Absolutely, love. Absolutely, yes. Let's celebrate by Panness here on Pink Milk right down to the prequels. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Also, Paul, uh, Jason, I think Nick here in the chat, I saw him earlier. I don't know if you're still here, Nick, would agree with you with Carson. 
I get just as much Garza Flip comments as I send Nick about Dincom. Uh, okay, Chase, you got to pick just one. Really have to pick. No, not really. Who would you want? I'm gonna get real specific. So okay, I actually no, I like, love the specifics because there's too okay. many hot characters in Star Wars. There really? is. So um, I know once I believe it was also on the podcast. Chase has said sometimes a hole's a hole, and you got to use them all. So in this situation, who, what train do you want lining out the door while you're up in Tech in his sling? Wait. When you're up in tech in the sling? Yeah, no, tech. Tech from the Bad Batch, the sling that's there in his in the Havoc Marauder, you're in Got his it. sling. So what Got it. who do you want to plow you this evening? <laughs> because maybe you have characters that you want to do the other thing with. Okay, I'm yeah, to help no, you, if I wanna be if I wanna be plowed with an E D, I'd have to go with Bin Jarn. Nice. Nice. I, Very if, good. If I was plowing I N G, thank you. But if I was plowing Mm-hmm. Yeah. This oh my god. Right yeah. That's true. Well, the character I should specify. Okay, so <laughs> Scotty, you got to be loving this. I feel like he would make great noises. He would like, be the Anakin, best bottom. Anakin, Anakin Skywalker has... is the best bottom in Star Wars. Yes. Period. He's yes. the hottest bottom. He yes. is. He. I don't want to get into it. But <laughs> he also said he had the dirtiest ass in all of Star Wars. Okay, Padme but does that like, make him no. a bad bottom? Uh, yeah. It does. Well, I think it you depends. Know, some, I think some people are into that, and the I should softest, not the softest, like, like, I'm not gonna say whimper, but whimperiest little bottom, and he would love yep. every second of it. He would truly. Uh, you think he would he be begging like, for more? Like you know, he begged Padme submissive. for more. Yep. Oh, a hundred percent. He craves <laughs> that that submission. Yes. Danny, Donald Glover version of Lando could take me standing up against the wall. I'm here. <laughs> okay, hope. Maul and Kira is my ship, and oh, those two together, yeah, yes, together. please. Ooh. Very hot. Yes. Very, very Absolutely. hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Brian, Mistress Garza. I also chase, like you said, Din Charm because on that same podcast, go, if you're listening to this, has been like Plugfest for like the horniest episode ever. I think it's called Puritans or something like that. Is yeah, the yes. That episode. yes, that's yeah. Um, we also said Din Charm with the bottom, and I can attest sometimes bottoms make the best tops. Oh yeah, yeah, he yes. I think he lived like the first half of his life as a bottom, yeah. and then he just became a top. A top. Yes. And you know what? I actually had a conversation with someone from um my favorite podcast ever, Fruit Bowl. Go listen to it; it's the best. Ever. Oh god, that's and we were just talking yeah. about in time, like yeah. switching roles. So you good. know, like. Yeah. Oh, oh, Casty K two S O. That would be good. He's so hot. Why is K2SO so hot? It's the voice. It's the attitude. He's yeah. so hot. He's like lanky. I get it. Oh my god. Yeah. I love this. This just got so gay. Buckwood Bottom for fan. I'm here. I gotta love just spend all this. This is the greatest thing. This is what Pink Milk's all about, people. Okay. Oh, also um, oh god. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Emma? Kylo? Okay. You know what? I actually, I'm gonna answer this question in a very funny way. I actually said to my wife a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Like five years ago, if you told me, actually no longer than that, 10 years ago, if you had told me that I would ship three entire generations of a family. (laughs) I wouldn't have believed you. But. But. 
It is so. I so. win. Okay, I'm here for that. I'll I'm very valid. here for it. I am and very here for it. bonus, Trilla. Ooh, Ooh, there you go. Oh. Yes. I heard she does get poked pretty well. That's just mean. <laughs> I mean, for someone who doesn't play the game, Brian, that's a pretty... <laughs> you don't have any right to do this to me. You have no you right to cause that harm. <laughs> that emotional damage. <laughs> Mark, how about you? All right. I'm going to start with the animated character. It's got to be half cow. Because, come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know it's going to be totally unpopular, but I am going to go with Toro Calican because I'm super horny for Jake Cannavale. So no, <laughs> I was thinking that, Mark. Oh. I completely agree. I, I get the vibe. Shit. I know, but that's a shit. vibe. That's a Orgasm vibe. denial. Orgasm denial. <laughs> <laughs> that just means that you get some good edging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been a long time. Okay. Um... <laughs> I have said many times I am very sex positive here. I am like very much so. I am a whore. (laughs) Very proudly so. No one will ever be able to say I'm a slut like it's some shame because you know what I'll say? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of that fact. And I own it. Because all people should be more sexually free and have a lot less problems in this country, in this world, if people stop shaming sex. Anyways, I need to pick one from every kind of Star Wars because I can't just pick one. And I know I made Chase do this, but um, okay. The Phantom Menace. The whole cast? Darth Maul. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I have to pick one from every Got single it. thing. Okay. Phantom Darth Menace, Maul, yeah. Darth Maul. Okay. Attack of the Clones. Um, I, if I, you don't say Obi Wan, I'm coming. I was just gonna say Obi Wan Kenobi. It has to be Obi Wan Kenobi. And, and yes, yeah, no. he was so um, hot in that movie. I'm really no curious right. about. Actually, no, no, I have to. No, I was gonna say a Camino one because I'm really curious how big it would be, and I feel like it'd be a challenge. So I was gonna go there because, like, I feel like they'd reach all the way up there. And but <laughs> I'm gonna go with Padme. With aggressive negotiations, really Ooh, turns me on. Truly. Revenge of the fair. Sith. That's my Obi Wan. He can have the high ground oh, okay. over me anytime he wants. Right. Okay, fair right. enough. Fine. Fair enough. Rogue One. You know what, Cassie? I'm going to take your sloppy seconds from K2. I'm good with that. 100%. Um, Solo. I mean, is there anyone <laughs> else other than Kira? Like, nope, I don't think so. Um, A New Hope? Darth Vader? Mm. No, you know what? Tarkin is gay, and it's canon, and sometimes, sometimes, they've been around the block. I'm here. Go for an older guy every once in a while, because they've learned a lot of tricks over the years. So Mm. let me, I'll let Tarkin teach me something. Empire Strikes Back, no one other than Leia. In that movie in particular. Return of the Jedi. Um, Lando in the Skiff Guard outfit, please. Mm-hmm. Keep the helmet on. Keep the good uh, choice. Keep it all there. Yep, keep it all there. Uh, the Force Awakens, Finn, 100%. Um, the Last Jedi, Finn, 100%. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. 
Ten, a hundred percent. Ooh, wow! Okay. Very, very easily. The Clone awesome. Wars, Savage Opress. Give it to me, please. Give it to me several times. Rebels, yes. Callus. Bring your husband along. More the merrier. Uh, you can also bring Kanan if you want, because I feel please like bring that Kanan. would probably pretty good. You can also bring Governor Price, because I feel like she's gonna whip me and wear red heels and stand <laughs> on my face. I'm here for she's that. Total Khaled, <laughs> Here, um, the Bad Batch Hunter, obviously, and Wrecker and Hauser. Oh my God, Wrecker! It's in the name. No, no, no but he's going to want to cuddle, and I'm not into that. <laughs> I, I am someone who I separate sex and love very much. I don't want to cuddle afterwards. Like, yeah, nope, I, that's what I fair. do. Like, Wrecker's a cuddler. Yeah, no, uh-uh. snooze fast. That'll put me to sleep. Just. Yeah. <laughs> is that everything? I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Brody everything, Brian. That's one. really everything right there. <laughs> <laughs> that really is everything. <laughs> Sorry, all. I just spent 20 minutes talking about who I want to do. Star Wars always there. Emma, one well, more time. What was your favorite thing from um, The Force Awakens? Who are we talking we... about? <laughs> what, what do you think about during The Force Awakens? Say it, loud and, say it loud, say it proud. <laughs> Kylo Ren is a very bad man. <laughs> and? And I, I need him to destroy my lady garden. Okay. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, but more specifically, yeah, anyways, I'm going to leave you. Okay, thank you, Emma. Where can people find you and read about said lady garden murders? <laughs> oh my god, that should be your AO3. Lady Garden Murder. A pretty good name. Why do you think I have a flower as my name? So that I can have people think about that. So, on Twitter, I am Hutzlea, H U T T S, L E I A. Ship who you want. All ships are valid. And if you find me there, there will be lots of thirst. And I write porn on AO3 as Red Rose White. Oh, yeah. So if you want to hear about Space Wizards doing it, you know, read my stuff. I love it. I love it. I think anyone who's still in the steam room now, I our audience has grown since we were talking. You really want to get dirty? Go visit AO3. There you go. M's Truly. It's not only beautiful. It's also equally filthy because, as we said earlier, she's an onion and she's beautiful. And there's lots of layers to our... Like the greatest gift. I'm sorry. I don't mean any shades of the two of you, but like Em's really like. I don't <laughs> think there's any like... denying, right? <laughs> She's the greatest gift of all of Pink Milk. Like we love you so much, Mark. Again, you can find no me shade. on Twitter <laughs> and uh, and Instagram at I am bored. The wheels came off tonight. <laughs> we really derailed so fast. It's fine. No, I've, I've never Sorry. derailed so hard and fast. I know what I'm doing with this can later. Oh, okay, Chase, where can you find me? <laughs> you can find me in my Vady garden. Um, on- <laughs> On Twitter. Oh, I prefer YouTube. Find me on YouTube first. That gay Jedi on YouTube. Um, also Twitter at underscore that gay Jedi. 
All right. You can find me slurping all of the pink milk. <laughs> gargling however much pink milk you want to shove down my throat on Twitter and on TikTok at Serving Pink Milk. Again, everyone, I'm very sorry. Or you're welcome. I don't know which way this is going to go. Um, with that, everyone, are you ready? Yeah, I think, I think we need to. Yes, please. Right. <laughs> Drink up. Drink up. Yeah. Drink up. Yeah. Drink up. Yeah. Drink up.